Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Liz Danzinger. She is a writing consultant who helps CEOs and leaders who struggle with poor writing to protect their branding and increase productivity. Liz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So can you share your journey with us and how you became a writing consultant? That's a long story. When I was a child, when I and even through high school, I wanted to be a doctor. That was my early career dream was to be a doctor. Then I got to college, faced organic chemistry and said, maybe there's another way that I can contribute to the world. And what I discovered was that writing came very naturally to me. And I wrote a book that was published when I was 25, then another at 27, then another at 29. And I worked a lot with individuals and I realized that people struggled to make themselves understood. So after writing for all the major women's magazines, I decided that I wanted to really help people find their voice, help them get results through their writing. And I founded Work Talk in 1987 to enable people to use words to get the results they want in business. What are some of the top mistakes leaders make in writing? It's interesting that you asked that because... There are certain mistakes that most people make, and then there are particular mistakes that leaders make. Most people make the mistakes of not thinking about their reader before they start to write. It's the most obvious thing, but yet very often people think what matters to me must matter to them, when in fact what matters to us may be completely irrelevant to the reader, and we have to think about what matters to the reader. Also, and I know this is painful, but people really have to reread and proofread what they write and not have to spend another how many hours groveling and apologizing and rewriting and redoing and resubmitting. So people need to proofread and reread. So that's another thing that's rather common. In terms of leaders, I find that leaders often do not assign writing tasks properly. And because they don't tell the person enough information, the person assumes, and we may get to informing, requesting, and persuading, but they don't give the staff person enough information to know who are they writing to, what is the main point, what is the purpose. Also, managers tend to get very busy, and often they can do things faster than their staff can do it. But if they do everything themselves and keep fixing their staff members' writing, their staff members are going to keep making the same mistakes 5, 10, 15, 20 years. They need to take the time to coach their staff members instead of just going, forget it, I'll fix it. When a business is losing customers, how have you helped them win them back with writing? In a variety of ways. One is I've worked with multiple national sales teams in their outbound prospecting emails and enabling them to really target the reader's hot buttons, to focus on the value and the benefit of their offering, to target their prospects and each different prospect, what makes different types of prospects tick. So I've worked with sales teams 
to produce good results. Also customer service teams. I actually trained the entire customer service staff of a major cruise line company in how to break bad news. And like, these are people who spend eight hours a day on the phone telling people, no, you cannot have a free cruise. I know you fell out of bed, but no, you cannot have a free cruise. So these people found that they were much more likely to get their client issues resolved after doing my training. And I also had a very gratifying experience recently, which is that I did a training eight years ago for a hotel chain in Phoenix for their audit staff. And one of the people in that training followed my vitamins writing tips until she moved to another job. And she finally found me six weeks ago on LinkedIn. And she said that she had remembered that training, that it had a strong impact on her career. And she is now the CFO of a big corporation. And she just hired me to come in and bring a training into her staff. So that was very gratifying. It's really neat. So can you share with us a little bit about what you call your signature process? My signature process I referred to in talking about managers, but the work talk signature process is the three P's. The three P's are purpose, person, and point. You've got to know why you're writing. And you've got Simon Sinek, you've got all kinds of people are going at this issue from a variety of different contexts, but the core truth remains. You have to know why you're doing something, which is like setting your intention. What do you intend to be the result? And the three most common purposes of business documents are to inform, to request, and to persuade. So that's the first is purpose. Then person, which I also referred to, you have to know who you're writing to. What drives that person? What are their hot buttons? What are their questions? And if you don't think about the, purpose, the person, it will be difficult to achieve your purpose. And then thirdly, and it is in third place, is point. What in one sentence is your point? And we've all had that experience of getting, a, getting an email from a person, getting a report from someone, blah, blah, backstory. And you're like, oh my gosh, could you just tell me the point? And if people don't know their point before they start, they're not going to make it. So purpose, person, and point. And we spend a long time really elaborating on this process. And we give people the opportunity to plan an upcoming document so that they realize that maybe they thought their purpose was one thing, but in fact, their purpose is something else. And it's a, it's a mind-boggling, mind-boggling, life-changing experience to learn the three Ps in depth. I really like that. It rings true. Some of those things ring true. I do direct copy writing, direct sales copywriting, like social media, getting the clicks and all of that. And like some sales uh, emails similar, in some way, similar to what you do. And when you've been doing it a long time, I am a little bit more green. But when I first started out, man, did it change how I even just sent messages to people in regular email? The first line of what's in it for them, what do they care about versus starting it with what I care about? I'll tell you a story. I did these, as I said, I did a program, I did programs for two national sales teams 
in widely different industries. But for each of them, they had their sales reps turn in writing samples to me so that I could, it's like sending a blood test to the doctor. You send (laughs) writing samples to me and I figure out what's going on with the writing. So people in each organization, different people, wrote to me as their sample. They were writing this to cold prospect. I am excited to tell you that I am the new sales rep for your city. I'm like, are you even kidding me? And why would they care? Yeah. Why would they care that they don't know who you are? They don't know what you do. And they're wondering why they're not getting this avid response of, oh, of course, I'd be happy to meet you. Targeting the reader is a big deal. And I'm, I know you know that because you're very successful at what you do. We teach a class in persuasive writing and we delve into that very deeply to go into the hook, the topic sentence, the topic paragraph, but most of all, identifying the reader and what the reader cares about and what their objections might be, what their questions might be. We go into it in depth. What is the difference between requesting, informing, and persuading in writing? Basically, if you want your reader to know something, then you're informing them. But it's important to realize that informing is basically a weather report. Today's Tuesday, today's Wednesday, it's 75 degrees, whatever. Informing does not have a lot of energy. And I know this because I ask people, If you come in and you're looking at all your emails in the morning and you're 100% attentive and you look at an email and you realize in a millisecond that this is an FYI, what percent does your attention drop? And people say, oh, 90%, 100%, 80%. People aren't interested in information unless they know why it matters to them. So you need to really be careful when you think you're informing. Requesting is if you want a person to do something. And again, sounds very simplistic. But the bottom line is that most people don't know what they're supposed to do until you ask them to do it. And if you don't ask, that old saying, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So requesting is about asking a person to do something. And persuading is when you show a person the costs and benefits involved in believing what you want them to believe or changing their behavior. Informing is about knowing, requesting is about doing, and persuading is about believing. That's really good. So what are some of the top writing examples you help businesses with? And what are some of the other ways leaders can work with you? We work, as I said, with sales teams in their prospecting emails. We work with customer service staff. I just did a presentation this morning for the customer service staff of a large national tile corporation and how they deal with their customers, helping them resolve customer issues more quickly. I work with a lot of professional service firms, particularly accountants. I'm the writing trainer for the California CPA Society, and I have trained hundreds and hundreds of accountants to get their point across more effectively. And how can leaders work with me? They can bring me in to coach their management team. What I find is really useful is to have the management team get certain training in terms of basic writing points, which most of them may know fairly well, but need a refresher on, but they more need the training in how to assign a writing task and how to revise a piece of writing. 
And then they need to give their staff the knowledge. In other words, it's not fair to keep dinging a person on their writing. Oh, bad writing. If the person legitimately doesn't have the skills or knowledge to improve. So you need to give them the resources they need, give them, whether you give them an online course or a course like mine or a book that they're responsible for reading, but the manager has to follow up with that person and show that they're interested in it. So those are a few of the things, coaching, webinars, and we also do writing labs where people can get together and just workshop a piece of writing in a small group. I love that. You already shared a few of your success stories, but can you share a couple more with us? Our sales teams, one of them found that after I started editing, they did a special intensive program where they had me edit every email that certain selected reps that they wrote. And these reps, I was working with them intensively on the hot buttons and the prospecting and the targeting and the verbiage and not being too long. They increased their number of meetings, their conversions to meetings by 50%, which is a lot in that world. And as I said, customer service teams find that they are resolving issues more quickly and more successfully. I did a program for the US Customs Department many years ago where they had a, there was a paper that they were handing out to people when they did a full body search. And basically it was just this really crummy mimeograph paper after this horribly invasive experience, the body search with just all the bodily cavities, it's horrible. And they then after they were done and 99% of the people who go through the search are completely innocent and clear. And they would hand them this crummy piece of mimeograph paper that basically said, I know you might not have liked it, but Congress says we can do it. Have a good day. And they were getting tons of complaints. Congressmen, people writing to their congressmen, people sending letters to the head of the customs department. Oh, people were so mad. So they hired me to rewrite that, write again that paper that people are going to receive after they have this very degrading, humiliating experience to make them feel better so that they would not immediately go home and write to their congressman and demand an overhaul of the custom service. And I did that. It was a very fun project. And they actually measurably decreased the number of complaints they got. People actually complained far less frequently when they got the other document. Another thing is that I've had multiple experiences with attorneys who were being criticized for their writing skills, for their poor writing skills. I worked with them regularly for about six months. And then I met the managing partner of the firm of a couple of attorneys that I had worked with. And she said, it's not an issue anymore. He's a good writer now. And he was a bad writer when I started working with him. So it really can turn people around. I love that. I love it. Definitely. So if you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? I think probably the main thing I would say is to be willing to charge what you're worth. Really be willing to charge what you're worth and don't hesitate. Obviously don't be greedy, but also you provide value. And so you need to be compensated according to the value you create. That's so good. Yeah. It's such a learning process. And then it know. really is. It really is. And being a consultant and a trainer 
enabled me to work on a flexible schedule when my children were growing up. It's, it's been a very, very, and it's so many different people and so many different experiences and different companies and different situations. It's been very gratifying and I look forward to continuing it because people ask me, oh, don't you want to retire? I'm like, why would I retire? I'm having fun. So if there are individuals that are listening that would love to get a hold of you and work with you, what's the best way to contact you? Best thing to do is to go to worktalk.com, www.worktalk, W-O-R-K-T-A-L-K.com and send me a note. There's a contact page there. Also, please sign up for Vitamins Writing Tips. These are wonderful, useful, funny, practical, short writing tips that go out every month. You can also sign up for Vitamins at the homepage of worktalk.com. Or people can call me at 310-396-8303. I'm in Pacific time. 310-396-8303. Or send me a carrier pigeon. (laughs) Perfect. I'll put all those links down below. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Yes. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone. And have a wonderful week.